Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. J.D. Dillard has established himself as a director and writer to watch with authentic yet innovative storytelling. He always brings a hint of genre to whatever he's working on, whether it's a film about Navy fighter pilots or a film about a young man with superpowers or a woman trying to outrun an unknown entity. He really knows how to bring his own sort of style and flair to his films, which one that I particularly love that I will talk about in a minute. But this fall, Sony Pictures released Dillard's highly anticipated uh, historical war epic, Devotion, which stars Jonathan Majors and Glenn Powell as Jesse Brown and Todd Hutner, a pair of U.S. Navy pilots who risked their lives during the Korean War and became some of the Navy's most celebrated wingmen. Dillard directs, you know, this really deeply personal feature film with a script written by Jake Crane and Jonathan Stewart, which is based on the book by Adam Mackos. Now, Diller has a little bit of history, uh, and that's why he was so invested in the project, because his father was in the Navy. And a lot of the things that his father sort of endured is is reflected in the film, um, especially the isolation, the discrimination, and just the overall everyday life of someone in the Navy. And I thought that that made for a really interesting connection uh, between him and the material. And he was really, really, you know, from our conversation that you'll hear, he was really eager to sort of be a part of this project. Now, Dillard made his directorial debut with Slate, which starred Jacob Lattimore, Seychelle Gabrielle, and Sashir Zamata, and Storm Reed. The film which he co-wrote, was shot on a micro-budget, but it went on to spark a huge bidding war after its crazy successful debut at Sundance in 2016. In 2019, he made his return to Sundance with his sophomore feature, Sweetheart, which is a Blumhouse thriller he directed and co-wrote, which stars uh, Kirstie Lemons. Now, let me tell you something. In 2019, Dillard made his return to Sundance with his sophomore feature, Sweetheart, a Blumhouse thriller, which he directed and co-wrote, starring Kersey Clemens in a leading role. Now, let me tell you something. Sweetheart is an awesome, awesome film. It's it's short and it gets straight to the point. But man, does it keep you on the edge of your seat? I recommend you guys go out and watch it. It is worth it. Now, on the television front, he's also, you know, done directed television as well. And he sold multiple pilots and has directed a numerous amount of episodes for series like The Outsider for HBO, Utopia for Amazon, and The Twilight Zone for CBS All Access. This year is the year of J.D. Dillard because he was honored with the FilmFest 919 Horizon Award and the 2022 Savannah Film Festival Rising Star Director Award for his work on Devotion. Additionally, the African-American Critics Association included devotion in its top 10 list. 
man, he, he has a, a ton of accomplishments and he's a really, really humble, smart guy who knows a lot about cinema and is really excited about the projects that he works on. And you can always tell that the wheels are really spinning in his head um, as for what he's going to do next and how he's going to incorporate his own style. So I really think you guys are going to enjoy this interview. And with that said, let's get into it. My conversation with J.D. Dillard. Thank you, J.D., for for coming on the Scene to Scene podcast. I've been dying to talk about this film, The Story of of Devotion. It's one that we learn about um, in basic training. I was in the Air Force for seven years. And it is it's definitely a story that we that we learn about. And so I was like, man, I, I can't wait to see this and sort of examine it. I promise I wasn't like being like an asshole, like the pins are off. Like I wasn't like I wasn't doing all of that. Um, it's, it's all good. I had my dad to do that. So that's it's all. Yeah, you're. you're yeah, I man. read in um the New York Times piece that a colleague of mine, um, Robert Daniels, had did that your dad was in the Air Force. Uh, dad was in the Navy. He was in the uh, Navy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, love Robert Daniels. Um, yeah, Dad was in the Navy thirty years behind Jesse. Um, um, so yeah, a lot of a, a lot of overlap between uh between their journey as a uh, naval aviators. And it's funny because my nephew's in the Navy. Like we have a we are a family of military people, um, <laughs> circumstantially, so to speak. And mm-hmm. so, where were you? I like to ask this question, especially when it's about like historical figures and things like that. Where were you, or do you remember the first time you remember hearing about the story of of Jesse Brown and and Todd Hutner? You know, it kind of non specifically, and and you know the the fun thing about releasing a, a movie like this for me is just you know it's uh <laughs> it's given me ample time to sort of like you know dwell and reminisce and and kind of like yeah and investigate like my own relationship to a lot of these things especially mm-hmm. especially on the release side because you, you get to like talk about it a lot mm-hmm. and what I've kind of noticed is I just remember Jesse's name being young you know um you know with my with my dad being the 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 Blue Angels second black um you know officer to join the team you wow. know there's that thing that happens where like when you're when you are numbered, you kind of hear of other numbers. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know? um, <laughs> it's true. Um, so I had heard Jesse Brown's name just by way of like the Navy's first. Like, okay, so that's that's number one, you know. Um, but I didn't know much about him. I didn't know, you know, what conflict he fought in or, you know, or what happened between him and Tom or even, yeah, I didn't know any of that, but I just knew the name, you know. Another thing that I that caught me about the film is that we don't often get film. We don't have a ton of Hollywood films about the Korean War. I tried to look, and it's just not one of the. For some reason, it's just not one of those eras that's covered very much. And that particular war, what we learn is there's a significant number of african-americans indigenous people and latin folks who served in this particular war Mm -hmm. and 
I'm sure like growing up, your did your father ever tell you any anecdote anecdotes or any stories or anything like that about anything that he had been through or anything that might sort of connect his journey to to Jesse Brown's? Yeah, I mean there there's so much. I mean, I think that that's what was um instantly kind of overwhelming when I read the script for the first time. You know, there there were just like there were there were so many stories that my dad had told me about how he felt and what he experienced that you know, um, we're just like plain as day in, mm-hmm. in Jesse's journey, you know, and, you know, yes, of course, there, there's sort of the, the, you know, the more sort of like overt racism and, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and, you know, I think all of the sort of like the pieces of Jesse's story that you'd expect to see if we made this movie in 1993, like, right. <laughs> all the terrible things that happened in basic training and, Oof. you know, um, but I, I, I think for, for me, looking at Jesse, looking at my dad, what was just a more interesting psychological space to live in was the, like the, the, the isolation after having gotten there. Mm-hmm. You know? um, and I don't know, there was, there was, there was a part of me that feels like we, we had, we've seen the movie, even though Jesse's story is so specifically his, we have seen the story of like, you know, him being called, you know, the N word will be mm. in the pool and just like that, like that version of it. Just, I I think we all sort of culturally hold already, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Um, um, but what was, I think, and we all can relate to is, you know, the, 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 the kind of anxiety and, and loneliness that comes from, being alone in those spaces, you know, um, and and that is like, you know, that's what Jesse had to endure that in a, in a way that was very different than what like Tuskegee Airmen endured, right. you know, um, um, that's what my dad endured. That's very, you know, different than those experiences. And I think, you know, there are certainly times where, you know, I have, and we have had to endure that and mm-hmm. our, you know, workspaces and, you know, um, in the pursuit of our dreams. Um, so that just felt like a better, more interesting, more, perhaps more modern um, exploration, you know, to 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 uh, with Jesse. And you know, that was one of the things that I really liked about it is that it didn't have to sort of beat us over the head with this this thing. Like we we understand the environment that we're in, and that there is really no sense of protection. No matter if you're sitting, like for example, the scene where he's sitting in full full dress uniform and getting into a fight over bigotry it's like not even the uniform can save you from these things and you know I'm sure your dad dealt with certain things like that I even dealt with that in 2008 you know people we're all there for a sort of reason and Jesse didn't really let that bother him he went on to become a hero mm-hmm. still yeah there's that weird thing where it's like, <laughs> you know, the 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 sort of the fire of the dream for all of us is, is so often louder than the circumstantial reality of getting there, you mm-hmm. know. And you know, I, Jesse being a young boy seeing a plane at an air show, which by the way is like kind of one for one my 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 dad's sort of initial 
you know, the, 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 the spark where he became enamored with the blue angels, mm -hmm. you know, like he and Jesse kind of had a very similar, um, you know, origin story as far as that's concerned, but it's like, when you're a kid and that dream starts, like you don't know or think about like all of those, like everything that's going to tell you no, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's just, this is what I want, you know? And, and I think this is what I, what I love. And I think that structurally there, there is a way to honor that in what we show in the movie. Right. You know? Um, you know, and, and it was a big conversation for us. And obviously it's like, I mean, it, I, I think it's, you know, one of my favorite moments of the film is obviously Jesse in the mirror, you know, because I think that gave us a way to honor the experience mm -hmm. without having to sort of, you know, take the audience through that in the paint by numbers way. But right. we, we can see the cost of the journey without having to actually experience that entire journey you know in the film um mm -hmm. um but um but yeah it's like I, I i don't know i i it was something that i just i was so attracted to in in jesse and in my dad and i think you know and and how it feels for a lot of us where it's just like sometimes love inside like it ain't that deep sometimes like you, this is this is my dream this is what i this is what i want to do um, mm -hmm. um um and then you know the sort of the, the the context of that is all on the back end, you know. <laughs> and building this sort of friendship, you know, there it happened in real time, but building that friendship between Brown and Hudner on screen, you know, visually, what were some of the ways you sort of conceptualize how that would look and how you would bring that friendship alive? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the the North Star for the for for Jesse and Tom was like, you know, this this can't be, you know, heavy air quotes like Hollywood best friendmanship. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you know it, it actually has to be more about mutual understanding than right. you know getting them to the point where like, you know, they high five and it freeze frames and the credits start. <laughs> Like that, like that can't, <laughs> we can't do that version. <laughs> um, um, but I, I, I think, you know, what was important for me at least is that, you know, while the story takes place in 1950, there's actually a more, you know, nuanced version of the conversation around allyship to have, you know, um, uh, more than like racism is bad and we are best friends. Like that, that's, you know, uh, I think we're a few generations away from, you know, that type of storytelling, hopefully. Right. Um, but like, I wanted to explore between the two of them, the sort of messy, nonlinear process of trying to understand somebody, mm -hmm. you know, um, and I think between the two of them, it's like, sure, you know, you may want to be there for someone, but can you be there for them in a way that doesn't you know, take away their agency, you know, um, can you meet people where they want you to be there for it? Like, so they're, they're it, it's not just, you know, hey, I'm going to be there for you. But like the, the you know, I, I, I think the specificity in which we have to find a way to show up on people's terms to help them, mm -hmm. you know, um, or just be there for them. Um, so that was like the, the movie is really art around their relationship more than it is over the war, you know, 
Um, um, and, you know, I, I've, I've kind of, I, I noticed this in the sort of initial rewriting process is that like, you know, structurally, like we're, we are way more, you know, Shawshank Redemption than, you know, uh, any war film because mm -hmm. it's actually, the, the war is purely the backdrop, but like right. them figuring each other out, like is, is the, the, the arc of the movie. Cause like, you know, when things do sort of break out, um, there's this sort of the foundation there and, you know, it wouldn't, you know, as I think about it and you explain it, it wouldn't have worked any other way. We had to have that foundational, that foundation of that friendship in order for that to happen and those things to sort of surround it because then we could see the sort of power of that friendship and what that looks like in the aftermath. So thank you for explaining that because it was something that was on my mind and I was always curious because I knew there was something. I was like, <laughs> this is really interesting. And so I'm curious to talk about it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One of the things is, you know, I've seen some of your previous films before. I've seen I've seen Sweetheart, which I think is a fucking phenomenal film. Oh, and <laughs> I've seen, you know, Slate as well. And the, the three films are so different from mm -hmm. one another. Um, is this something that you, you know, have been working toward in your career to just sort of you know, delve into various genres, things that you want to see, um, you know, directing certain things and just sort of applying all the skills that you have into creating something that is different, but is wholly your style. I don't know if that makes sense, but. Yeah, no, I look, you know, you got to get people off your back. Keep them guessing. Um, uh, right. <laughs> I, uh, no, I mean, Look, I I naturally gravitate towards genre, you know, mm. um, and I, I love science fiction and fantasy and, you know, technology and, you know, um, there, there are a million more stories I, I want to tell in that sphere, um, you know, because of the sort of my obsession with world building, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm most often not, um, I don't gravitate toward true stories. Um, you know, obviously my relationship to, to this one was so specific. It just, mm -hmm. um, you know, it, uh, it felt like I was kind of called to tell it. And, and you know, when you feel that feeling, you gotta, you gotta listen to it. But, you know, for me, I mean, my work is really, quite simply centered on, you know, the, the, the breadth of black wish fulfillment, mm. you know, um, and through that lens, you know, the, the movies are actually <laughs> all quite similar, yeah. you know, um, in that, you know, you, 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 you have a young black person who is told, um, where they fit in the world, right. you know, and, um, uh, uh, and, they take it into their own hands and, you know, manifest their destiny, you know, um, and, 
you know, Bo from Slight and Jen from Sweetheart and Jesse from Devotion obviously approach that in very different ways and their mm-hmm. circumstances are uh, even more different. But, um, but that's, that's, but that's, those are the movies, you know? Right. Um, and as I look at the things that I want to continue to do, you know, that, that sort of continues to be the guiding light. And what's fun about that for me is it is, I think, innately genre agnostic, you know, um, um, even though I like genre, um, you know, whether it's, you know, aquatic horror or science fiction or, you know, period vampire or draw, what, like whatever it ends up being, you know, um, uh, I can kind of keep it funky right but still still, but still do the you know still do the main Mm -hmm. still the main thing so um um but definitely want to like next movie put a little more genre in it like that that's uh 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 i definitely i definitely would love to get back in that world and that is and you've just sort of described something that is wholly yours you know whatever Mm -hmm. you do there's going to be a little bit of there's going to be a little razzle dazzle in there (laughs) <laughs> some genre you know and you know I think that because I think the, the next question I was going to ask but you answered it was how would you describe your style but now we know um <laughs> so did you experience any challenges getting this done um and what I mean by that is often like I look at the story of the woman king and the challenges that were sort of met with that when it's like oh would a film with black women, you know, about black women warriors bringing any money or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I know it's not always about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, you know, I hear different stories about these really strange challenges that people have to go through to create these, these specified movies about these, you know, about certain types of people, whether it be fiction or whether it be biopic related. And I'm just wondering did you experience any of that? And if you did, could you share it with us today? Yeah, I mean, so uh, to kind of split that up a little bit, I mean, you know, first, I, I, you know, I have to say that I was just incredibly lucky to be, you know, working with producers who, um, you know, honored my relationship to this world, Mm -hmm. you know, um, um, you know, and and I think because of that, like really let me guide where we needed to go. Um, you know, but there's always the 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 oddity of, you know, if it's not something that started with you, and you know, devotion was a script I was sent. Um it does require a lot to sort of, you know, like re-lens not just you know, the script and the story, mm-hmm. but the but the process. Mm-hmm. Of, yeah. Like how we need to tell this. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and it's not like I, you know, face dramatic opposition in doing so, but it's it's, you know, um, but it, it is a tricky process, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, um to you know, when you when you aren't surrounded by, you know, black financiers and black producers and 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 again I, I say all that still to say like I, I I had I had a great team with me but when it's it's your job to sort of look at this and you know 
the tricky thing is that, look, I mean, you know, Jesse has not been able to himself continue his legacy. So there's a lot of invention required, you know, to, to sort of make him whole, make him real. And obviously, you know, so much of that, um, you know, I, I, I uh, you know, I thank Jonathan for, um, um, but in the writing and the lensing and the, the, the process and the, you know, get, getting all of that to sort of, you know, I think match what we're trying to do with the legacy. Mm -hmm. it, it, yeah. It's like, it, it, it's not everybody sees the world the way you do. <laughs> right. You know? Um, and you know, it's not even about like educating people, but you know, there, there are, you know, there will always be things that mm -hmm. can't understand unless they've walked the way you have. Um, um, so there, there, I mean, look, I, at the end of the day, like I got the team I really wanted, you know, um, you know, uh, I got Jonathan majors, you right. know, um, um, you know, uh, and, and when I, when I watched the film, like, you know, look, we can never sort of self-diagnose, um, you know, if like, is it good or not, but you right. can really look at how close is this how close is this final product to what I intended it to be mm -hmm. that is tight like that to me is like the the metric of personal success you know um like folks might not agree and you know that's okay folks might love it and that's cool too um but like if 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 the if the if the if the line between what I meant to do and what I actually did is is you know if, if they are right up on each other um you know that to me is like okay we I think we did all right mm, saying that makes me think about <clears throat> as your father was a military man mm -hmm. what made you into a filmmaker when did you know you would be you know when did you have that moment to say you know what this is kind of what I want to do because I know you know, when I was in, in the service and I was in basic training with people, they'd like my dad encouraged me to join the military because of this. And, you know, my parents encouraged me to do this because of that. And, you know, I'm not sure that was the dynamic in your home. Of course, you know, I don't know that. But what made you say, you know what, that's not for me. Filmmaking is the blueprint. That's where I'm at. You know, uh, even even that is somewhat nonlinear. I mean, because you know, my, my dad and I share, uh, we, we, we are similar in a lot of ways. Um, and one of those ways was, you know, having interest in military service, but also an affinity for the arts, you know, mm -hmm. he loved film and photography, you know, growing up and, um, and, you know, took the left road and, you know, I had similar interest and then ultimately took the right road. But mm -hmm. I, I, I think, you know, the, the, the sort of funny fork in the road for me was, you know, I'd applied to West Point and the Naval Academy. I had gotten, oh, wow. um, I'd gotten in, gotten my congressional nominations, mm -hmm. you know, all of the sort of process that is required for service academies, like checked all of that off and then found myself with kind of this, like, okay, am I going to go to West Point or am I going to go to film school? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and even even considering West Point, I was like, I still want to come back and do movies, mm -hmm. you know, even if after, you know, 10 years of military service, I still want to come back to movies. Um, and look, I'm 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 really lucky and 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 grateful that, you know, my parents didn't 
push in either direction. Right. You know, I think low key, my dad was kind of like, I already did the military thing. Like, why don't you do something else? <laughs> right. Um, uh, but there was no pressure. There was no pressure in either either way. And mm-hmm. I, I, what I what I what I have been in, you know incredibly blessed with is that you know my 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 parents are both dream enablers. So it's like you know if this is what you want to do, like we will stand behind you. And 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 even if it doesn't make sense to us, you know we will stand behind you. So when ultimately I c- came down on the side of. Um, going to Syracuse to start studying film, um, you know, uh, everyone was psyched. Um, and uh, but I still hang on to my West Point um, sort of leather bound uh, acceptance because um, uh, to me it sort of embodies what it would have been like to not have student loans. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, but you know, <laughs> it's all good. I, of course, I don't think. Because even in my opinion, I didn't think I would call devo- Devotion a, a war movie or a movie about war. It, it was definitely one about friendship. But do you have any other, do you have any favorites in the sort of war movie genre that you like? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, Saving Private Ryan is just like, you know, I mm-hmm. mean, it, it's it's just the best right <laughs> um 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 and i think fires on you know all cylinders um 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 from direction to casting to narrative right. it's just sort of a fully complete film and i i low-key i feel like people forget that like the movie starts with like a 25 minute action set piece mm-hmm. like d-day is long yeah <laughs> in my head like because obviously you know you go back and you rewatch all of these things you know um when when you're when you're dancing in a, in a in a similar space but like they mr spielberg goes ham mm-hmm. uh of that movie. <laughs> yeah. oh yeah um and in my head it, it always lived as like Oh yeah, like the quick little D Day thing, and then like they do it like no, 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 no. They like they take their time, and you there. like you are forced to sit with it for a whole twenty five minutes, like d- gasping for air mm-hmm. by the time that sequence stops. Yeah. Um, um. So um. You know. So that that was uh uh. I mean, I think yeah. That that's just. It's it's just one of the best. I mean, watched Bridges of Tokery a bunch of times for um, Ahead of Devotion. You know, um, you know, uh, was really inspired by sort of the the some of the more stoic presentation of aerials in Dunkirk. You know, um, um, I mean, it's hard to not go back and watch the Thin Red Line to just mm-hmm. be, you know, what's a war movie where war is like not the main thing? <laughs> yeah, but the people are at the center of it. And how it's affecting them, you know what I mean? Thousand percent, you know. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, there were the 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 curriculum ahead of the movie was pretty broad, but you know, as always, it's like, ooh, I like how characters feel here, and like, ooh, I like how tracer fire at night mm-hmm. looks here, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, um, um, uh, you know, Messerschmitt and I definitely, uh, uh, like, yeah, definitely went through all the hits. I got to say, one of my favorite war films is Glory. I don't know why I'm obsessed with the film, but 
it's a film by um the film by Ed Swick, if in case yep. the audience you don't yeah, know about yeah. it. Um, and it's it's just a very sort of intense and educational film that I was forced to watch in high school. You know, yep. it's just one of those days where it's raining and the substitute teachers and then they push the cart in and Love they it. put in the VHS and everybody's <laughs> just sort of like enthralled in the whole thing. And then, you know, you want to watch part two the next day. So I definitely, but I really think that devotion should really be in the upper echelons of the genre because it really does a lot to tell different sides of the same story, so to speak. You have mm -hmm. these people who are at the center, you have this war, you have, you know, the, the segregation and the different things that Jesse Brown dealt with. And, and so I think it's a really well-rounded film. So you should definitely be proud of yourself for, mm -hmm. for creating something, you know, visually that was really powerful and really sort of great to watch. It didn't feel like a downer to me. I felt hopeful for for the future and it made me go out and research more about this beyond the surface level things that I learned when I was in the military. So I love to yeah, hear that. Um definitely. I love to hear that. And, uh means a lot coming from you. I've been a fan of yours for a long time. So um holy I smokes. Um I don't even sometimes I don't even think people read my shit, but thank you. Come on. <laughs> thank Come you. On, of course. Um, you know, it's always great to hear that there's so very little of us in this industry and, you know, I try to do as much as possible. You know, my eventual goal is to be a screenwriter, but I love, you know, watching movies and writing about film and it's been, it's been a great ride. So thank you. It come, means a lot coming from you. I really appreciate it. Do it well. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I really appreciate well. it. Thank you so much for, for coming on the scene to scene podcast. I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, you being, you know, earnest and honest about the process and, you know, how you feel felt creating the story and sort of honoring Jesse Brown and his legacy. You bet. Um, it's a pleasure to finally meet you, Valerie. Thank you. So great to meet you. I'll see you around again. I'm sure. I'll see you. I'll see you. Are you working on anything else that we should be knowing about? You know, working on, you know how it is, like working on a bunch of stuff, who knows what's real, who knows what's not. Right. Um, um, you know, and I feel like I, I, I'm I'm like, I'm easing into a sense of like optimistic nihilism where it's like, <laughs> look, I'm just going to love the stuff I'm working on uh -huh. and the universe is going to be like, it's that one now. Like right. that's what I'm doing now. Because like, you know, between tax rebates in foreign countries and actor availability and all of all of this stuff that has nothing to do with us right right um you know you don't really get to pick mm -hmm. uh you can try and most times i try i end up disappointed so <laughs> i'm just like i'm just going to work hard and write stuff that i like and uh you know uh we'll see what happens fantastic thank you so much and i hope you have a great great weekend Hey, you too, friend. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.